You're listening to First Fossil. Welcome to First Fossil, a show where we learn together how to take that first fossil toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. My name is Candice Olushala, and today's special guest is someone that I went to undergrad with. We met all the way back in 2009, which sounds like eons ago, dating ourselves, but we did orchestra together and we built this kind of like sibling friendship between the two of us and music is kind of our bond as well as Massachusetts because we're both kind of like mass people. I went to high school in in Massachusetts and he's from Massachusetts and so um, I kind of want you guys to hear his story. He's He's got a pretty eclectic story and I think it's really fascinating to hear from someone of his age and his caliber and so without further ado here is my friend and brother Tyler Rand. Tyler how are you doing today? I'm good I'm so excited for this thank you so much for having me on the podcast. No I had to have you on the podcast because the world need, <laughs> the world needs to know Tyler Rand so obviously this is going to happen and plus we've needed to catch up for a really long time so oh, I know. totally nice that we get to kind of do this um how are how things been for you during quarantine oh my quarantine has been such an interesting experience i feel like i have learned more about myself in a shorter period of time than of any other period of my life um i'm i'm definitely an introvert so now i'm i'm sure of that now that was a questionable thing we've established Um, this Yes. Okay. I was kind of on the fence. I was like, I used to think that I was an extrovert, but I think that living the life of an extrovert as an introvert and not realizing I was an introvert caused a lot of problems for me. Right. But I, I, so like, yeah, quarantine has been really interesting because I've been thriving in a way that I never knew that I could thrive. Mm. That makes sense. Just by like having time to myself. Yeah. Which is such a bizarre concept. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 solitude has been both refreshing and overwhelming on my side, I yeah. think. You know, just like the like you said it's like, man, I'm learning so much about myself. I really find it funny that you've established that you're an introvert. <laughs> but it kind of makes sense to me based on how you like connect with people. But yeah, I, I mean, I all of my close friends were always introverts, and I was just like, I'm just an introvert whisperer. I'm the extrovert that understands <laughs> yes. introverts. Well, it turns out I was just an introvert. You were just the them. <laughs> I am one of you. That's all. And like that, like for me, I'm like, oh, like I see why I'm more of an ambervert than anything else because I, I, I'm like, I love being, I love my introvertedness. And then all of a sudden, like, my extrovert side is like, all right, so, like, can we go see someone real quick just for, like, 10 minutes so I can get a little fix and we can go right back to the house and hide out, you know, in, in, in your bed? Uh, so the quarantine uh-huh. has been like, uh, I just want to, like, see people I know. I don't even have to, I don't even have to hug you. Like, I just want to, like, oh, you're there. Awesome. 
and then like go, yeah. go back in hiding so it's been an interesting time but like you like i've learned a lot about myself as well so it's kind of yeah it's been and a- i mean fortunately i have not been alone during quarantine i've been with my fiance and her family mm-hmm. um so i have had people around and right. i think it was actually just being in the context of having people around pretty much 24 7 that solidified that view that i have of myself that wow the the time that i am most myself is when i've been able to sort of recharge on my own and get more grounded in me and then being able to go out and and give of my energy and my time after that process has happened yeah so it's like being being quarantined alone but also being with people 24 7 has sort of been the perfect environment for me to Mm. explore that and and find that that balance and that rhythm in myself yeah yeah that's cool I love that I'm glad you got to discover that during this time while everything else around us is going crazy like we're finding ourselves (laughs) so that's awesome um why don't you go ahead and tell tell the gente a little bit about yourself well, I'm so glad that you sort of introduced me as like this Massachusetts musical person because I think those are the two things that just describe me the most, just being a passionate evangelistic New Englander preaching mm-hmm. to everyone about how great my region of the world is. Um, yep. I love Massachusetts. I love my New England. And yeah, I'm just so proud to be from, from that area of the country. And yeah, uh, as a as a musician, I'm I'm now since you and I were an undergrad playing an orchestra, I now run an orchestra. I'm the executive director of a professional symphony now, so I'm kind of living out my dream job, which has been really really rewarding, but also never expected to be in a position like this during a pandemic that limits large gatherings and has an at-risk population of older individuals, which is the majority of my audience. So it's kind of this perfect storm scenario to be an arts administrator navigating these challenges. So it's been a really interesting time for me, um, discovering a lot of innovative solutions to continue to deliver music to people and especially people who are isolated in their homes um, and I've, I've definitely learned a lot about what music can do in these contexts and it's so inspiring to see colleagues all over the country and all over the world continuing to find innovative ways to bring music to their audiences whether it's through live stream concerts or pre-recorded music or or things like that it's the music just doesn't stop which is just amazing to me like this this should have wiped out the music you know right the music kept going yeah so it's yeah it's been really interesting have you guys like done any virtual stuff at all Mm -hmm. yeah we actually had um a virtual quartet uh, concert. We Ooh. were not bringing large groups of musicians together, of course, but we had uh, a pre-recorded chamber music concert um, that we paired with a dinner that was available by curbside pickup. 
and we had our audience members buy a ticket and they could select the meal they wanted to pick up and then they would go to the restaurant, pick up their meal, go home, and they were sent a, a link to the stream and they watched the music while they enjoyed a dinner that they picked up. And it was kind of a way for us to support um, the local businesses and our community. We really, we know that the restaurants were hit super hard um, when closures started to happen. So we wanted to do something that would would benefit our community. So we paired up with some local restaurants and did that. And we wanted to bring people music. And it was a huge hit. People loved it. And the first thing that everyone asked is, when are you doing it again? So we're kind of strategizing and figuring out how we can do it again and, and what went right and what we can do better. And so we're hoping to do a few more of these as, as the summer goes on. That is so cool. I love that ability to team up with the local businesses to try to, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like we can support you while we're all kind of suffering together. And that's, that's just such an innovative idea that I would have never thought to do, but I'm sure the, you know, your target audience probably absolutely loved that too. So that is really cool. I love that. I love that. So why don't, why don't you tell us about a first Paso experience that's been, you know, positive, negative, what, whatever it is, yeah. you're currently in the middle of this experience, you know, like what, what can you tell us about your personal story? Yeah, I mean, every story has an infinite number of beginnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's really no way to pinpoint the beginning of any given story. But I think that if I were to select uh, a first paso to talk about, it would be sort of in the middle of my story or kind of towards the, the more recent end of my story in, in a time when I was transitioning out of undergrad and into what was supposed to be adult life, whatever that is. I, I took sort of a gap year after I was done with undergrad and went to Spain for a year. And before I left, I sold my car. I got rid of all my furniture. I got rid of all my stuff. And I never really had a plan for what was going to happen when I got back from Spain. So I had this great year abroad in Spain, got back, and I was, I was homeless in a way that, yeah, I had my parents' home that I could go back to, but I knew that I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to end up in my parents' house again, back where I started. I I, I felt like that wasn't the right step for me. Um, I was carless. I was jobless. So I went back to my best friend's house in Miami, and I just kind of stayed with him and his parents for a summer And I knew that if I were somewhere where I didn't feel like it was my home, I would be more motivated to leave um, and find a way out of that situation. Yeah. So I knew that that was kind of a good environment for me to be in. Go somewhere where it's like there is an expiration date on overstaying your welcome. So that was sort of like a good place for me to start. But it it was crazy because I literally just flew from Spain to Miami with just cases that I brought from abroad and like that was my life like that was mm. all my stuff like I was literally living out of a suitcase and then staying with my my best friend and I started applying for jobs and I like I could not get jobs I don't know I, I was applying to 
Panera. I was applying to orchestra jobs. I was applying to Barnes and Noble. I just was not really getting interviews. Was not getting jobs. Then I started getting a few bites on my resume, and I got offered a position that, at the sound of it, everyone was like, "Oh, this is perfect for you. You need to do this job." And it was to teach music theory at a performing arts high school. And so, as you know, I got my degree in music theory mm-hmm. in undergrad. Yeah. So to everyone around me, it was just like, "Oh, this is the most logical thing ever." Like, yeah, you majored in music theory. You need to go and take uh, this music theory teacher job. So it was it was an opportunity in front of me, and I just realized like this is not what I want to do with my life. Like mm. I don't think I want to teach. I don't think that I'm going to be a good teacher. I had worked as a as a teacher's assistant in undergrad for music theory, and I didn't enjoy it. So <laughs> it was just like I had to say no. And it was so scary to say no in that moment because I had nothing else to back it up. And after I said no, I ended up moving back to Chattanooga, working at the coffee shop that I worked at in college, and taking on a part-time job at a department store at the mall. And I did that for quite a while, and I was just in this purgatory, in this limbo. I had a degree. I had ambition I had passion but I wasn't in the life that I had imagined for myself and so in this purgatory I was desperately searching for a way out of it and the only logical thing that I could think of was to just go back to where I had started and I actually enrolled in classes again to finish a second degree in Spanish And it was not a move to to finish a second degree, like, oh, I'm going to finish this Spanish degree and then go get a job as a Spanish teacher or something. It was literally just, like, something to fill a void. Like, I was so deeply unfulfilled in what I was doing that I said, okay, I'm just going to go back and do this because I think it will fill me. It did not. Um, (laughs) It was, like, the worst thing I have ever done. I went into way more debt. I'm still paying off that debt of going back to school in that horrible moment of my life. Didn't finish that degree. So it was just like, yeah, it was, it was very strange. But out of that came something else. I was able to go back to my, my college job of working at a radio station, a classical music radio station that was run by the university. And at the end of that first semester of me being back, a full-time position opened up at that radio station and I got that job. And that was sort of like where my first step into my career began, ironically, at the very place where my professional development as a, as a student employee in college had started. So I'd come full circle in the most un- foreseeable way um, because for me I, I I wanted to get as far away from that place as possible when I had left it so going back to my alma mater as now an employee it was just this bizarre 
full circle. I still remember when you like, because I, I mean, I remember you working at the coffee shop. I remember you working at the mall. I remember all these things and we had so many conversations. And then I remember getting a text with a picture of your ID, your employee ID. And you're like, Candy, 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 what just happened? And I was laughing. I was like, this is too funny. Like, you're like Mr. Rand. And he's like, I know, it's so weird. Like, you're just like, how did I get back here? And I'm like, I don't know. Just see what happens, you know? Yeah, and it was so, like, looking back, it was such a necessary step because everything that I learned in that job got me to where I am now, like being an effective leader that's able to lead a large arts organization through a global pandemic in a time of crisis. Like, it's such a bizarre turn of events, but yeah, like going back to where I started was the thing that prepared me to arrive where I needed to be now. Mm. So I can't see that journey going any other way. Yeah. That's, that is so, that is so crazy. So like when, when you stepped into it though, were you like, I don't really know if this was positive or not, but you're just going to like take the risk and see what happens within the year and if it ends up being a flop like you're gonna try to keep moving or were you were you looking for other positions while you were in that position in the case you're trying to quickly get out of the situation or like what what was going on at that time yeah i i think that i first entered with great caution um and great hesitancy and I accepted really quickly after being offered, but I accepted with that feeling of like, oh, is this really what I want? Do I really want to do this? Oh my goodness, what am I doing? Am I making another one of these horrible decisions like going back to school? Is this just like another bad decision after another? And so I started in that mentality and then it kind of like, it felt unnatural at the beginning. It was a very awkward transition. Like it's so hard to transition from being a student at a university to being a full-time staff member. Wait, was it um, weird? As Were you also working with people that you were working at the station during university? Like, did you have to go back and, like, yeah. be their boss? Like, was that well, weird? No, I didn't. I didn't become anyone's boss in that regard. Um, oh, okay. I, when I started in that full-time position, I got to sort of hire my my new team of announcers and such, but there were definitely individuals that I had a very sort of like, I was student and they were professor or I was student and they were faculty type of relationship that shifted into like, oh, we are now equals, question Mm. mark. Um, (laughs) So that was really interesting. And everyone, I think on the other side of the equation navigated it tremendously well it was just me like trying to figure out okay how do I relate to this individual now but I mean side note like when I was a student I was also just outrageously not fitting into the student mold and I 
talked to all of my professors and everyone as if we were equals anyways. Which yes, you did. caused problems with some individuals. All the time, but every built day. But really great relationships with others. So, like, it, it wasn't that difficult for me because I was already kind of navigating my life in that way, and I have been since I was probably three years old. But. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. <laughs> that is Tyler. He comes into the room, everyone knows. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the beginning of, like, what is now my my present reality. And a lot, just a, a, an enormous amount of good came out of it. And, I mean, I met, um, well, not met. I, I sort of started my relationship with who is now my fiancé. And her and I got to really spend a lot of time together and, uh, realized that we wanted to be together during that sort of purgatory period as well. Um, so I, like, if I had not been in that place, I would have not had the opportunity to kind of solidify that relationship with her either. So it was just a tremendously net positive experience, um, going back. Yeah. And so, your first Basel experience kind of led you into this role that was basically like the catapult into where you are now. So how did we move from undergrad radio station to the position you have now? Because now there's like other steps that come into play there to get to where to your position in a whole other realm of music. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I was always an orchestral musician. I play the oboe, and the oboe is a wind instrument, and wind instruments supposedly belong in bands, but I don't belong in bands. So that didn't really work for me. So (laughs) I have been an orchestral oboist since as early as I could be, which was around like seventh grade. So I knew that the orchestra industry is like where I wanted to end up and even working at a classical radio station, like the reason why I loved it is because I got to bring orchestral music to people over the airwaves. So throughout my whole journey, like every job that I would apply to would always be like an orchestral job um, in administration. And yeah, so after about like a year and a half to two years working at this radio station again, so it was like, I think, eight years total when all was said and done. Uh, My then-girlfriend was going to finish her degree at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I had to make the choice, do I want to stay here behind, or do I want to move up there and just start a new chapter of my life up there? And I started applying to all kinds of jobs, most were not in the orchestral field. I applied to one orchestral job up there, and I got it. And so I moved up to Michigan and started my first job at an orchestra in an administration capacity. I played with lots of orchestras, knew how they were run quite well. And so this was a very natural transition. And then I worked in that job for about two years um, when the executive director position opened up. And that was sort of my dream job 
for the longest time was to be the leader of an orchestra. And then I should pause here and just sort of go a little bit more deeply into what is a director of an orchestra. A lot of people think that I'm conducting the orchestra when I say that. So, so this job is sort of this behind the scenes job. It's you're keeping everything moving that the audience doesn't see on the stage that has to happen so that the musicians can get on the stage and the conductor can get up on the stage to make the music happen. So behind the scenes, there's fundraising, there's marketing, there's finance, there's donor relations, there's patron relations, there's ticketing, there's logistics and production and artistic planning and all this stuff. And so I oversee the team of people that is working behind the scenes. And so, which, which is a really funny, like, reflection of my living my life as an extrovert, but actually being an introvert the whole time, because that's very much like the type of person that's required to, to work in that environment, is to very much be like this leader who's making everything happen behind the scenes, but very much taking a back seat to what people actually see and what they're actually paying money to experience, which is a very satisfying role for an introvert of my type, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was really just thinking that and I was like, see, this makes sense now. Like, yeah. I, I get it with the introvertedness, why that would be such a great role for you to kind of like, I will like orchestrate the things and like everyone else kind of gets the, the shine and the glory for that. But like, I'm here to make sure that everyone's shine and glory works in their favor and everyone's kind of supported in that. And I'm just kind of here to, to support your, exactly your experience. So I love that. That's yeah. so cool, Tyler. And so, you know, just thinking like, man, I started off leaving and leaving undergrad and not having real direction, not knowing what to do and seeing that after all of that, you end up in this executive role. If you had to go back and talk to Tyler at graduation or anyone who's listening that feels like they're in that space, uh, especially, gosh, especially during this pandemic, like that that's like an yeah. added layer of like, I don't know what's happening and no one else seems to know yeah. what's happening either. But like, what advice or words of wisdom, whatever, that you would love to tell someone who may be in a similar situation for themselves? Yeah, so what got me to where I am is actually not ever giving up on the fact that this was my end goal. And I think if you had asked me, like, even in undergrad, like, what do you want to do? Like, well, I want to work in the orchestra field and I want to one day lead an orchestra like that was always my goal and I think knowing when to turn down opportunities that maybe sounded convenient in the moment and holding out for something down the road like when I turned down that music theory job I was acknowledging like okay I could I could take this job and I could get paid and all of my troubles in this moment would seemingly go away but this would not be a stepping stone to where I actually want to be and so I didn't take the coffee shop job and the department store job 
because it was the only thing that I could get. I took them because it was like a self-induced purgatory that allowed me to wait until something that I knew could get me to where I wanted to be would open up. So I, I, I do have a lot of um, conversations with people that are just entering the job market or are unsure what to do right when they get out of college, previous employees that I've had, they'll, they'll talk to me about these transitions. And the thing that I always say, as, as cheesy as it sounds, but just like follow your heart and, and always have that goal. Always identify who you want to be and what you want to be and don't lose sight of that. And if you have to make sacrifices along the way while you wait for those stepping stones to appear to get you to that goal, I really believe that that is so much better in the long term than taking a step away from your goal. So basically, like, it's better to wait than to step away. And that takes a lot of patience and that takes a lot of faith. But the end result is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like there's a component of like, you know, you said patience, that there's, we, we desire to reach our end goal in X amount of time. And I think it's great to have those goals because it kind of pushes you. But then there's also that added level of if I don't make it by this time, you could easily go into the, I'm a failure. It's never going to happen. I might as well try plan B, C through Z. And, you know, we always have a timetable for ourselves, but how the world works, like sometimes there's just lessons and opportunities that come up that allow us to flesh ourselves out better. So that way, when we actually do reach that end goal, we realize, you know what, this was probably a better time because had it been earlier, probably would not have been able to handle it as well as I can now that I've, you know, developed different skills and learned better things about myself and that's not to say that we would be exactly how we need to be to be in that position but we might be in a better state of mind better emotional you know self to receive it well enough and then grow in a healthy way within our our dream yeah and you never know how quickly the timeline is going to move along like when i graduated like I had taken an extra year in undergrad so I did undergrad in five years and then I took a gap year so I, by the time that I was like getting out of undergrad so to speak I was like 24 and I was looking around me and everyone that I had graduated high school with like was already like two years into their careers or they were already getting married or they already were buying houses and I'm like I'm just here working at a coffee shop um, but the speed at which I moved through my subsequent goals, I am one of the youngest, if not the youngest, executive director of a professional American orchestra. So that timeline, like although you might take a pause in one part of it, it might be so accelerated in the other phase of that timeline that you can never foresee that. So that that obsession with the timeline is just such a waste of time because Mm. there are going to be parts that move slower than others. There are going to be parts that move so fast you're going to blink and be like, 
what in the world? How did I arrive in this moment in like this short amount of time? So, so that's such an important thing to walk away with too, is just time is just not predictable in that way. And your timeline is going to move at different speeds than other people. Yeah. And then, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. And that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, because that's why opportunities open because everybody's moving on this sort of arrhythmic motion. Yeah. Down their timeline. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, don't don't get bogged down on the you know everyone else is X Y Z. I mean, it might look like that, but you still don't under. We're just not gonna understand everyone's direction unless we were walking in their shoes anyway. So even what we see or what they present for us to see may not be the complete story, and so we can't get so focused on like why am I not where so and so is or I'm this age. I should be there. That doesn't actually exist. We made that society made that up. Like yeah. at this time you should aren't supposed to be. No, when it's your time, that's the time you're supposed to be period. Um, yeah. and so, you know, enjoy the process, even though the process can be frustrating at some points. And then some points it's like, Whoa, this is really fast. But each step you're going to appreciate your story and you're going to, develop skills and learn things about yourself and the world around you, the people around you that you work with that will help you help someone coming up behind you as well. And so you want to take all, you want to just soak it all in journal about it, tell someone about it through your experience and be excited about, about your journey. Cause it's, it's only yours and you're the only one who gets to take it. So it's yeah. a, it's a unique experience. So Thank you so much, Tyler, for sharing that. That is, I just love your story, especially since I've I've gotten to watch it from the beginning. You know, at least you know from undergrad and getting to see you come onto campus like a whirlwind. I mean, and you're still a whirlwind, but your whirlwind is now like focused. You know, and it's like I understand all of why I move the way I move through the world and. It comes with so much more confidence and it's obviously shown in how things have lined up for you and so it's just been it's been cool to be a friend to get to see that and have been in different phases of that journey with you so thank you for sharing that with my listeners and is there any way that people can like follow you on social media contact you if they have questions further questions to kind of understand what you do or maybe if you have advice for them how can people reach out to you yeah, I am notoriously terrible at Twitter, so I'm not really in that space. I One day I might get better, who knows? I think I've gone through like three Twitter accounts now. One I lost the password to, and then I came up with another one, and then, yeah, you know how that goes. Right. So I'm really just kind of living on Instagram right now, so you can find me at trand, T-R-A-N-D, nine, um, and that's my Instagram handle, so you can find me there and send me messages and chat with me there yeah he's really cool to talk to so you you guys would really enjoy reaching out to him and he's he's a open book so don't hesitate to reach out to him on instagram thank you all for listening to today's episode if there are any topics that you want covered in the future any situations you want to pose to be talked about 
Um, you can hit me up on Twitter or on Facebook at First Basel. And if you can relate to Tyler's story in any way, shape, or form, please send that to me and I'll read some of what you have to say in a future episode. Until next time, you all take care. And Tyler, we'll talk soon. We'll talk more. We got to talk about yeah. wedding stuff in pandemic oh life. Gosh. So, <laughs> woo! Pandemic exactly. life and weddings. My Lord. We'll figure it out. But you take care and we'll talk soon. You too. All right. Talk soon. Thank Bye. you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye.